Simpsons. And then the other people. Yeah, and the other. So this is a straight rip of Fantasy Island and Love Boat, where they 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 come on the boat or they come on the island. Right. They're literally leaving a boat and coming on the island. Did you see that a kid plane on Fantasy Island? Yeah. You assume, like we all do, that he's a a child of one of the couples that just got off, but he isn't. He's like a stowaway. You're kidding me. Gillian, what an idiot. There was an extra person on a fucking motorboat? Yep. I didn't notice, Skipper. Well, that's the thing. Like, wouldn't they have a manifest of who their guests are? Yeah. Meepy manifest. <laughs> you, uh... <laughs> you know what? My, you would appreciate this. My kids were in the car in the back seat, and they started making fun of something. I couldn't hear the whole thing, and they were like, ah, ha, ha, and they go, yeah, front 242. Ha, 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 ha. And I was like, I love that band. And they went, oh. ah! <laughs> So I'm the butt of Come on, man. Don't you remember their music video from Single White Female? Yeah. <laughs> then they get the man. Hey, poor. Oh, here you go. Hey, poor. You don't have to be poor anymore. Hey, Jesus is here. Okay. Well, it was very important in the 80s to make fun of uh, preachers by sampling them and putting them on over techno beats. In the 80s, all those preachers had become right-wing Christians, and so therefore it was apropos for the time to be criticizing. To sample them, yeah. Okay, these so this, are this is like their, uh... and they bring bad luck. And the stereotype, who's really like a Hawaiian person, being a stereotype is right. warning them against the bad luck. And the professor's like, ha, 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 ha. And that will be our ending. We're Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Oh, so that's how they get, they wind up back in. So everything goes to shit at the end of the episode. Well. Wait a minute, Carl, if this was a pilot, if this was a pilot, then it would have to end it open-ended, right? They couldn't be deserted on their island again. No, they're Because not. it was going to be a second episode. That's right. They're just... Yeah, no, the the bad luck of the masks is like a dumb gag to wrap up the show. Oh, so that's, those masks are, are the reason for their downfall. No, it's just a dumb... It's not the movie fart or something. It's just a dumb ending. Gotcha. Okay, look at Boswell. He's all in a business suit. It's hard... Okay, wait. We'll be right back with a nice, comfortable cot for your son. Son? Our son? What son? Yes, the boy that came off the cruise ship with you. <laughs> He's not ours. He must belong to the other couple. Set up. Interesting. Tom Bosley. Bo- How do you pronounce his name properly? Bosley. Bosley. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, Mrs. Cunningham, the actress, uh, she, she didn't get along. He was like an asshole to her. Right, and one time I saw a uh, candid camera thing, and they were playing a trick on him. He was thought he was there for a business meeting. He's smoking a cigarette, and he was bossing everybody around, and they still showed it to us. And then we got the gag, and he goes, ah, ha, ha, you kids. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> can't pull one off the old boss. One of my favorite uh, bad movies is called Million Dollar Mysteries. Mm-hmm. which was sponsored by Glad Bags, which had Tom Bosley as the spokesman back in the day. Oh, right. So, the, so Tom Bosley plays a character like Jimmy Durante in The Mad, 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 Mad World, where he dies at the beginning. 
but he is stowing away $1 million in glad garbage bags. Uh-huh. And then he dies, and then people have to find the, the, the glad garbage bags full of money. Set up. And they keep saying glad. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Well, I have to say, Carl, I did have seen this uh, as a kid in 79, and I do remember this storyline very well. As we heard in that voiceover, Gilligan's Island Resort doesn't have a telephone. Right. But there's one in the uh, lobby. So Bosley, who's going through FOMO, FOMO, his fear of missing out, he has to make a business call, and he discovers that there isn't a phone on the island. Right. It's a hidden phone. I still remember that. It's a little funny how he finds it. Basically, what's going on now is a setup that he is a businessman, he's in real estate, and he just can't keep his mind off. You're on vacation now. You haven't had a vacation in 19 years. Loosen up. Huh. Sounds like every Adam Sandler movie I watch. <laughs> I can't enjoy this vacation. Yeah. You have very efficient, reliable people helping you. Yeah, sure. If I'm there watching them. Boom, boom, psh. You going go- in and the skipper, Mary. Denver replaced Woody Allen in the original Broadway production of uh, um, Play It Again, Sam, which we know from Bogart's, the man with Bogart's face. So, yeah, and uh, well, Woody Allen made a movie version of that. I think he wrote the the play, I believe. Yeah, he replaced Woody Allen in the play, and Clive Barnes from New York Times said he was um, a genuine clown-like wistfulness. Uh, and that that Barnes had found lacking in Allen's own performances. So Gilligan did a better job. <laughs> so in conclusion, Gilligan is better than Woody Allen. Yeah, for Play It Against Sam. Yeah. Play It Against Sam, I haven't seen that in a long time, but it was like he's a movie nerd who can't get laid. Right. And uh, he likes, yeah. In a while, you know, you know, there's no quote played against Sam. It's like Sam, I want you to play it in a certain manner or some shit like that. It's like Hamlet, you know. I know right. Horatio, I knew thee well. Wow, oh, Marissa Wallace in a bathing suit. Yeah, there's nothing more ugly. Mm-mm. No man, come on, she's not a pretty. What a body! You saw her tongue in gold. Oh, three- shut up. <laughs> Look, she's so low cut, she's got no cleavage. Right? Look oh, Jesus Christ, man. I'm seeing total. I'm so, that's so offensive. There's totally cleavage. Oh, okay. <laughs> man, eyes caught it. Of course, there's cleavage. <laughs> oh, wow. So there are kids. So wait a minute. So. There's a lot of people on this island. Yes. It's not just the four people that got, came in. Oh, that's what that's what Howell was saying. He, he built a hotel here, and they have a business now. It's on the island, but everybody can come. They they leave for from right. There's a cruise ship that comes by, or from Hawaii, a three hour tour. He'll be here. So that was, but I mean, the skipper came up in a motorboat that held like five people. Well, and there's already like 50 people. There were only five guests, I mean, including the kid. Right. 
By the way, he's probably my kid, and I just realized he's missing. <laughs> oh, shit. That's my kid. He's in a TV-made-for-TV TV movie. I was wondering where he was. <laughs> it's a very dumb oh, subject. He's looking over. I got to check out the script for Happy Days, season 18. <laughs> okay, so now that he's hungry, right? See, he's been he's been hiding. Right. Yeah. Hungry for coconuts. Oh, he's cuckoo for coconuts. Oh. <laughs> right, Skipper's like, fuck yeah, if I had a hot dog stand on the island 10 years ago, I'd be set. Never leave. <laughs> what Skipper's doing right now is basically he's he's serving everybody. They take care of the guests. Ew, he had his hands all over that burger. Yeah, he's totally he not stealthy. Four days, yeah, no, it's not Fanny at all. Did you see that? He just ate one of the guests' french fries. <laughs> I know. It must have been at that place by my job. That's happened to me. Someone's serving up your food and they eat one of your french fries and they hand it to you. It's happened. Oh, really? What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, well, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Say, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but, you know, you're in trouble with your job. I want this free. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But I get it. I mean, maybe uh, I've I've worked restaurant jobs where I'm starving to death and I would eat the leftovers. I've done it before. Mm -hmm. Not the greatest thing. <laughs> I'm not proud. Oh, this is funny. That's 400 miles away. I'm All right. Oh. There's phone on this island. There is no phone on this island. There is no phone, no newspapers, no, no radios, no cars. I know all about that, but nobody can tell me that there's not a phone on this island. You're right. I'm telling you, and I'm nobody. But what if there's an emergency? Suppose somebody has a yeah. of appendicitis. Well, in that case, we phone Honolulu. Ah, uh -huh. he said phone. Who said phone? You did. I did. Yeah. I know I heard it somewhere. Look, I gotta go help the skipper, okay? All right, but there must be a phone somewhere in the lobby. Of course, but you'll never guess where. Okay, but now I know there's a phone in the lobby, huh? Who said so? You did. I did. Me and my big mouth. Look, I gotta leave before I tell you about the secret hiding place. Secret hiding place? Who? You did. <laughs> Okay, oh. that was funny. That was funny. All right. But Carl, wouldn't you like to see a show where every week new guest stars go through, talk, try to talk to Gilligan like that? It would have been great. Yeah, This week is Tom so. Bosley. Next week is... Hello, I'm Lindsay Wagner. Oh, hello. Uh, Gilligan, uh, hello, Lindsay, guest star Lindsay Wagner. How can I help you? Well, Gilligan, I was hoping I could play some tennis. Well, we all hope. Gilligan! So she's, so she's native to an island that it's, was deserted for those years that they were stranded on. Now we're here getting so the phone place. routine, and he's going to start looking for the phone. Right, I still remember this back in the day. Oh, and look, Ginger Grant's performing in the in the at the lounge. Well, deal. Oh, hi, my name, I'm Steve Austin, the guest. I'd like to play some tennis, Gilligan. You're so good at tennis, it's like you're playing 11 is. <laughs> Gilligan? <laughs> okay, now, he he's looking for the phone. He just can't find it. Now, this was a treat. When these movies came out, the TV movies, it was like, you know, a phenom return home. I remember Gilligan's Island. There's new Gilligan Island. It's just it was this bad though. See how he found it? Yeah. 
What an actor. Ooh. Oh, pay dirt. So, Gilligan, are you trying to tell me there's no Wi-Fi on this island? There's no Wi-Fi on this island. It's in the You've got to get a quarter. Yep. <laughs> For those of you Our operator, this, this is Tom Bosley. Right, that's right. Yes. See? You're exactly right, Mike. Hello, operator. We'll keep trying. Hello, operator. It's a Tom Bosley. Yeah, no shit, this is Tom Bosley. Who else sounds like you? Now, Marion. <laughs> I'm looking for Happy Days first season. Yeah, the first season of Happy Days Carl was was basically about Chuck Cunningham and his younger brother Richie and his parents and right. you know Joni, and they happen to know a greaser from the fifties who yeah. who uh, moved into no Chuck moved. Yeah, that's only because Chuck was in the apartment, right? Because the right. the guy left, the actor mysteriously Robert. disappeared. Yes. Okay, this is going to be actually another funny scene. Um, Hi. Oh, uh, you could tell. I've been looking for you. Oh, I've been right there inside the tree. Inside the tree? Yeah, I was making a phone call. Oh, here's your suntan lotion. Oh, a nervous breakdown? It was bound to happen. No, honey, I'm not having a breakdown. It just so happens the only phone on this island is in that tree. It's hidden there in case of emergency. Oh, isn't that clever? An unlisted tree. You know, I tried to call the office and nobody's there. It's just as I suspected when the cat's away, the mice will play. Henry, you forgot about... That, now it starts getting not funny again. You know, maybe I should play you a not funny segment because I'm just playing the good stuff. I can't believe we're watching a full-length movie that has a soundtrack, Carl. This is a full-length movie uh, first. It's a TV show, and it's a pilot, (laughs) and it has a laugh track, and it starts with Gilligan's Island theme. It's not – this is a – Look, you're just mad. You're just mad because the movie theater manager in 1979 would not give you a refund when you went to see this full-length theatrically released movie. Right. I didn't come here for TV, sir. You're going to have to run (laughs) under Hollywood. I do. Ooh, Battlestar Galactica. Well, they were, I mean, Battlestar Galactica was the famous, uh, they, they took the pilot and they added it to the second episode and they released it as a theatrically released movie. Right. Uh, during during the whole Star Wars thing. And they got sued. And I've I seen it. We watched it for Bad Movie Night years ago in the dark room when we did live riffing. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible. It's the same concept. You have these big production numbers and then suddenly the show, the movie dissolves into a TV show or a backdoor pilot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's going to the managers and she's saying, can you help my husband loosen up? I mean, all he's thinking about is business. And they're like, we'll see what we can do, ma'am. Obviously, they are not thinking of business if they're fucking playing. This is one rule in the the, uh, hotel business is that you don't get high on your own supply. (laughs) You don't play your own shuffleboard. Right. You should be fucking managing. Backus, he looks good. Seventy nine. You see how they're like talking to a two by four. Yeah. Is that going again? Oh, that's not a two by four. That's uh, Marcia Wallace. <laughs> Jesus, you are so wrong. 
Listen, it's sexist to say that. And two, her cleavage is great. <laughs> a pig man, only a pig man would say that. You, you, you. Yeah, she has great tits. You objectify women. <laughs> Michael. Wait, it's Ginger, she sings and she massages? There won't be a happy ending. This is 1979. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason why you went into a massage bar back right then. Yeah. It was on the sign. Help. You jerk off to me. You likey, likey, wanky, wanky? Oh, boy. Great. You gotta wait sauna. Oh, good. I can use some help with Look at that Bosley, man. He's hiding his tits. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen him exactly with his shirt right. off. The father of happy days. This is the first movie, Ted. Now, the only way you can see this movie is either on YouTube or at the Library of Congress. Carl, I know I made you watch this movie and research it, but this was, uh, there was a more famous Gilligan's Island TV movie when the Harlem Globetrotters land on their island. That was the last one ever. Interesting. I couldn't find that one. I would have, but I do remember this as a kid, so I kind of picked this one. Listen, we just sat through, if you guys have been listening to our previous episodes, last week's episode was fucking Carnosaur. And the week before that was the same director with his goddamn brain dead movie. Yeah, so yeah. this is a fucking relief to be watching Gilligan's Island. I, this is like a, a aperitif, right? An intermezzo. It, Mike, it was really to clean the palate. Departure, though. I mean, it's uh, okay. Look, here's some not funny stuff. I'll show you how not funny it is. What's even worse is I haven't had a nibble yet. Okay. TV, Mike. <laughs> well, I mean, this is all shot. Didn't they build the set? Oh, that kid loves it. That kid is so poor, he has to go fishing with a stick and rope found in the island. No, he's playing hide. Oh, there's his suitcase. Playing hide away. Yeah, this lagoon, we saw it in another movie. Uh, was it Ape? There was, this lagoon oh. was in one other film we saw. Now, is this shot in, like, CBS Studios? Wasn't it, like, the original island was built in uh, Los Angeles, where the Price is Right uh, studio is? Yeah, and the Lagoon it's, set it's... itself was in um, Studio City, uh, California, and it was right next to a Los Angeles freeway. And it was a real pain in the ass for oh. the sound engineers. I bet. They would have to shoot. Unfortunately, they had a budget. Uh, during rush hour, and they would always be doing retakes because a, a car would show up or a horn. That's so funny. Yeah. But you would figure out that theatrically released full-length movie, they would have the budget to kind of yeah. prevent that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we deviated from the norm. Yeah. I owe you one. You, you get to pick a movie later. All right. Yeah. All right. 
We have the next two weeks tied up though. They were gonna name Gilligan Willie when they were like when Schwartz was writing it way back when. Yeah. And, uh, okay, no, no, I got that wrong. He didn't have a name, and he found he just flipped open the uh, phone book and he found Gilligan, and he thought that's funny. I'll do right. that. Gilligan's Island. So then Schwartz had the name Willie written in his notes. It was Willie Gilligan. But Bob Denver was like, no, 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 no. Gilligan is a, the character's first name. And so they agreed to disagree, and they said, we'll just call him Gilligan forever for the whole show. So the creator thinks his name is Willie Gilligan. Because I have heard that story that the first name is Willie, and that Gilligan is his last name. But for Gilligan, it's his first name. That's the thing. So they only ever call him Gilligan. And Skipper's character's name is Jonas. Really? They only said it twice. What about the professor? The professor, yeah, he's uh, Roy. Wait, 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 wait. I have, yeah, here it is. Professor Roy Hinckley is his real name. Roy Hinckley. Oh, yeah. He had to change it when, uh, after uh, Reagan got assassinated. <laughs> Hinkley. Well, they just. You know that happened. The, yeah. The greatest American hero, the, the character's last name was uh, Hinckley. And then when the president got shot, they had to change his name. So the next season, he had a different last name. <laughs> Switching horses right in mid-gear. Yeah. Here, look, here's more not funny. Wrong, and I was right. You were wrong, and I was banker, Gilligan. Play nice. Thank you, Now, the important thing that we do is search for this boy and find out who he is and what he's doing on the island. Right. So we'll split up and tell the others to be on the lookout for him. Who are you going to tell well, I'll tell Marianne and Mr. and Mrs. Howell. I was going to tell Marianne and Mr. and Mrs. Howell. This would have happened every week again. Do you think it would have been an hour show, Castaways on Gilligan's Island, like Love Boat and, and uh, Fancy oh, Island was an hour? Question. Good question. Oh, here we you have, have something that's lines. slightly funny. Well, fucking 1979's aerobics? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gilligan will start doing. Oh, I don't know why it's funny. He's he's right. funny. Bob Denver is a funny guy. No, he's yes, better than Woody Allen. I thought we'd not. Gilligan is not funny. Did it bend over backwards for this show? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a white boy in the window. Boom! He's yeah. He's looking at the butts. It's me in 1979. Will you look at that? It's a little funny. It's a little funny. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's hysterical, apparently. Apparently. Do you remember on The Odd Couple, the soundtrack, oh, those shows, there was always like a distinct laugh in the soundtrack, on the left track? I did. Like if somebody in the aisle just had it. Well, Carl, you're familiar with the open mic show, and you're familiar with comics in the back of the show. Yeah. And you're familiar with the one comic who has to call attention by having a very distinct laugh. <laughs> so you'll, you'll say a joke, and Mike Spiegelman, <laughs> you know, and it, it's to the point where it's just like, hey, guys, remember, I'm in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this one guy, his name's Brandon. 
Brandon Wonderlick. And he goes, I love when I hear his laugh, though. It's not the same thing. He has a very distinctive laugh, but I know I've got a hit when he's laughing, and his laugh is so clear. Oh, that's good. Okay, so... Usually uh, I'll have the comics who... Um, yeah. Just for the plot. The professor found made in Chicago, Illinois, in the masks that are supposed to have bad luck. Okay, this will be but fun. They're truly bad luck. Now... Hey, oh, right, this is Skipper. Yeah, Alan Hale does a very bad job in this whole thing, this whole series. He sucks, but not right here. Right here, he's as funny as Lou Costello. So he's <laughs> sexually excited by Ginger, and it's weird. He hasn't done that the whole series. Yeah, you're right. Maybe because it's... Fortunately, uh, they're the same age. Ginger. Dude. Dance? The professor? I can't do the hula, Ginger. <laughs> I can't do the hula. Okay, here we go. Now he's... All right, I will revert to Now, it's 1979, so they're being cool about it, but he is sexually excited. Right. Well, you can tell from those 70s pants, he's got a raging one right now. <laughs> Look at that. You can see his heart on. Yeah. Actually, you can't see shit. <laughs> so baggy. Well, none of them wear belts. Go again, Skipper. So they can't hang themselves. Right. Have you ever noticed on Gilligan's right. Island that they all don't have belts, but their pants hold up? It's just totally <laughs> unrealistic, Carl. I, I take you out of the moment. It could be suspenders. Okay, that was uh, right. That was funny. Yeah. Jerry Van Dyke was almost Gilligan. Jerry Van Dyke. Hey, I want to recommend to our audience, go type in My Mother the Car on YouTube, and you can watch every single episode of Jerry Van Dyke, the guy from Coach. Uh, he had a 60s show where his mom dies and is reincarnated into a car, a jalopy he buys, <laughs> and speaks to him through the radio. And it's great. It's she, great. She, I was really happy to have him every episode. Well, yeah. okay. Okay. Listen, it's funny you say he. One of his biggest regrets is my mother, the car. Uh, when the idea of Gilligan's Island was cooked up by creator Sh Sherwood Schwartz, as an actor in mind for the part was Jerry Van Dyke. The producer sent Van Dyke the script for the pilot. He hated it, calling it the worst thing I'd ever read. Jerry Van Dyke took another sitcom role on the advice of his agent. Van Dyke accepted the lead role as my in My Mother the Car. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? He said, I'll take the role in My Mother the Car. And then you hear the laugh track. <laughs> It'll be a hit. <laughs> And then the music, doing, 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 doing. Now we're having hilarity as the uh, boy gets away by swinging from, brand, you know, like Tarzan from vine to vine. Right. We have hilarity as guilt. Now look, he's got parallel bars. You see them? They're trying to hide them, but you can see them. The kid's doing gymnastics. Interesting. 
Whoa! Skipper, Skipper, there's an underage kid on our island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at him. It's, <laughs> there's an underage kid on our island. Oh, he must have gotten his place. Uh, Epstein's Island is next door. There you go. Thank you. But, but, that was, I tried. Oh, I tried. Oh, oh, oh. Wow, this kid is uh, gymnastically athletic. Well, we're going to learn that he is training for the Olympics. Does this kid talk? He gives a heart-to-heart, -heart, right? Yep. Of course, right? So, check this out. When the Gilligan's Island first came on the air, a lot of people contacted the Coast Guard to rescue the cast. Seriously. Um, That's nuts. The, the American Coast Guard received several letters and telegrams requesting them to save Gilligan. It's uncertain if these letters were serious concerns or pranks or a mix of both. What other shows were around back then? Uh, hello, FBI. There's UFOs. I just saw it on TV. Uh, man, that's a show, UFO. Hi, Rob. All right. So now we come back from commercial and they're meeting each other. Uh, Olympics. So we're getting the whole story why he ran away. The Olympic bill is just, just people fucking. I had to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Raquel <laughs> Welsh was almost Marianne. Really? Well, she, she had a career back then. Nope. Well, wait a minute. I'm trying to think. She did it in 64, right? It was a show. Wait, um, A House Is Not what? a Home was 64 on our show, and Raquel Welch was pretty much right. unknown. She tried out for Marianne, and they thought, you know, she's very sexy, but she's out of the running because she's not the girl next door. 66 was They're the lost. movie that made her famous and made her a sex symbol two years later. You're they right. didn't know what they had. What? Yeah. Do you think this is just like lore at this point? Like, there's Sherman Sports wrote books about Gilgit's Island, and yes. uh, I, I think I've tried to read it. And I, I back in the day when I was like absorbing every pop culture when things were current. Mm -hmm. I think the book came out in the nineties. Uh, I have that written somewhere uh, in my notes here. He did make a book all about Gilligan's Island, and that's pretty much why I've got so much material, uh, not because I read his book, yeah. uh, about like interest, like Carol O'Connor edition for Skipper, and this was before All in the Family, which was 71. So again, they didn't know what they had. <laughs> ah, Christ, Gilligan. <laughs> Gilligan. Hey, what, what you call, we're like uh, ship casted here, what you call. So now Tom Bosley has a plan to get off the island. He's going to pretend that he's taking his wife's advice and just, you know, unwinding and relaxing. But he, like, looks like a bum. He's lazing around. He wants to stay for three months. He's trying to trick her into saying, please take me back home. Oh, 
Gilgit never did that. He never guilt tripped Skipper. Oh, I love it here on the island. I see us here forever. He's You're not crazy, smart Gilgit. I gotta get you off this island. Yeah. But um, every week, this Mrs. week, on Howard would do that kind of thing. Like shame or like. Yeah, they say, okay. They're a great couple. I mean, honestly, out of all the TV couples, uh, the millionaire and his wife were just—they loved each other yeah. so much. Yeah. This is a little funny. Watch this. Well, if you want to shave, that's okay with me. <laughs> All right. We didn't get a good enough setup. He was like, your hair's unkempt. You're unshaven. But just look at you. Look at me. And he says, well, if you want to shave, I, you know, I don't mind. I'll wait. <laughs> oh, oh, quarantine alert. I shaved today. Wow. Yeah. I know, right? It's always a big difference. I love how I love how like they just they they decide to take their misfortune. They have an opportunity to to make something of their lives, and they still haven't changed their clothes. Yeah, really, especially Gilligan and the Skipper, especially. I know this is all nonsense. They never had new costumes. You see, you you look at uh, Marcia Wallace, then you look at. Uh, Marianne and Ginger, they now that's a rack. Carl, all right, if we're gonna have to go down the sexist road, Maria Wallace's rack is fantastic. I don't know what's wrong or problem. I don't see. I don't see what you're seeing. I don't get it. I don't want to come off as sexist, but I think there's there's something there. Yeah, two bumps in the road. Nope. <laughs> did, did you ever watch the real Gilligan's Island? I don't know what that means. The Real Gilligan's Island was a reality show on TBS. I, oh. I think it was during the aughts, where they found people to to hit the archetypes of the uh, original <laughs> 50s sitcom Real. and then put them on a real island. <laughs> and the big thing was that the millionaire's wife couldn't stand the fact that Gilligan was gay. And that they, like, milked that for episodes. They were like... <laughs> You know, or maybe the professor, the guy who had the professor role. And that was the drama. That never happened on Gilligan. You know, give it up for Sherman Schwartz. Even though they're all white, they definitely got along. They definitely worked together. <laughs> you know? Like, if they said Gilligan was gay, they would be okay with it. They would. So obviously, Skipper's okay with it. Look at Skipper. He's been looking at that view for years. <laughs> In the bunk bed. <laughs> now, Mrs. Howell. Were they always top bucks on a month? What's that? Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was just saying that they've always slept in bed bunks, and I think it's always been Skipper on the bottom. Yeah, that's just for crushing Gilligan reasons, if there's ever an accident. <laughs> oh, right. That was Endeavor's contract. <laughs> so Mrs. Howell was not a fan of Gilligan's Island at all. Natalie Schaefer, she didn't like the show. She didn't like the script. She didn't like anything about it. So... She thought the pilot was going to be like this one-and-done acting job. She didn't believe the premise of the show was strong enough to be like be a whole series. And she was shocked when she got a call back that the show was picked up for more episodes. Now she was just like, okay, this is a paycheck. I'll do it. She hated the show during. Wow. Yeah, but what were the other 60s shows back then? Hogan's Heroes? Would you okay. rather be like the zany Holocaust uh you know, German Nazi prisoner camp. 
let's take Solid 17 and turn it into a broad comedy. There was no other, there was nothing. But, did she prefer to dress up in a bikini and be trapped in a bottle? I don't, I can't think of any other show during the 60s that wasn't like, you know. Okay, so wasn't just as bad. TV lineup 1979 on ABC. Uh, Barney Miller. Okay. Charlie's Angels. Donnie and Marie, Eight is Enough. That's pretty, there's something to watch there. Um, let me put in NBC. That was ABC. Well, you know, Carl, I, I actually have in my hands the complete directory of primetime network and cable shows, 1946 to present, 8th edition. Okay. And in the back of the book, they have the primetime schedule. Mm-hmm. So for sake of argument, I could check what was on 79 and see uh, what it was what competing was again. Them? But I, I could also ch- – you know, actually, do you mind if I check uh, 64 to see what was up against Gilligan's Island? Whatever you want. Uh, also in 79 Alrighty. on NBC was Chips, Different Strokes, Hello yeah. Larry. Uh, oh, excellent. Little Hello Larry. Larry. There was plenty to watch. BJ and the Bay. Wasn't that like, now we're getting, into, we're getting into the weeds. Fred Silverman was this TV executive who turned ABC and CBS to number one. NBC hired him in the late 70s, and he proceeded to crank out Super Train, uh, Pink Lady, and Jeff. And a lot of other, like, oh, as well as, like, different strokes. Oh, no, Brendan Tartikoff kind of was the genius behind, like, Punky Brewster and, and mm-hmm. you know. I remember okay, so Punky let's see. Gilligan's... only that it was this little kid. And so when my son Keith, the littlest one, I said, come here, Punky, Punky Brewster, you know, put him on my knee. Come here. to find out Punky Brewster. He came to find out Punky Brewster's a girl. He's like, Dad. From, uh, from uh, was it, wasn't she in, uh, didn't she have a second role? Oh, no, no, I'm thinking of uh, Blossom. I beg my pardon. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm looking at the schedule. Fall of 64 on a Saturday. Uh, Gilligan's Island was on at uh, 8.30. Yeah. It was the Jackie Gleason show from 7.30 to 8.30. Gilligan's Island, Mr. Broadway, and Gunsmoke. Uh, but they were competing against Lawrence Welk and Kentucky Jones on NBC. Wait a minute. Now, this is May 3rd, 1979? No, no. This is back in 64. This oh, is when it premiered. Okay, Let me okay. go ahead and check 79. So May 4th. Uh, can, you, can you tell me what day of the week it was? Uh, no. Uh, May 3, 1979? No. I'm, not an, I'm an idiot, not an idiot. Savant. Fine. I'll Google it. Let me Google it. May Three. 3rd, nineteen. 19- Third. Okay. It was a Saturday. Ladies in the Bay Cane Lounge. Okay, so uh, what happened on May? I don't really. It was a Thursday. Okay, so let me go ahead. So Thursday there was Barney Miller, Soap, and 2020. Oh, no, no, I beg my pardon. ABC started off at 8 o'clock with Laverne and Shirley, Benson, Barney Miller, Soap, 2020. That is a solid three hours right there. Yeah. I turned to CBS. I had Walton's, Hawaii Five O, and Barnaby Fucking Jones. Yeah. Solid. And then uh, NBC, and I could see it was Buck Rogers, Quincy M E, and Kate Loves a Mystery. Okay. So. So who well, did, we're talking about May. So let me see if they. Who did this compete against? Oh no! I take it back. Okay, so I take it back. So back, I'm looking at the fall schedule for 80. 
and May would kind of fall in there. There was something called the NBC Thursday movie. It was at 9 o'clock. NBC had games people play at 8, and then the NBC Thursday movie. So it must have premiered then. Mm. So it was competing against Magnum P.I. and Knots Landing on CBS. That's right. And then on ABC, they had uh, Barney Miller, It's a Living, in 2020. And I do remember It's a Living. Yeah. You can't compete against the late Tom Ballard in It's a Living. Yeah. Um, this was yeah. highly rated according to the internet. Uh, okay, we're wrapping up it here. Let's, the... let's... Yes, but you're right. It should be your decision. You mean I can decide when I'm going to practice and how long? Yes, Robbie. It must have been very important to you. Mom, I've been saying that for months. Well, I guess there is a time for work and a time for play. <laughs> sometimes we're like a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we just don't hear. Aww. Aww. Honey, if you turn to ABC, we could watch the last 10 minutes of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> the Scarsdale Killer is on. Um, I used Whoa. to think that uh, show was going to do 2020 before it aired, because I had 2020 hindsight. <laughs> you know, Mike, well, I... That's all my dad watched. We had 2020 Vision. This year, I've been yeah. looking at girls' butts a lot more because um, I have 2020 hiney sight. Especially this year. Yeah. Well, I have uh, I bought a TV. It's my 2020 television. Uh-huh. I have 2020 television. Yeah, I bought it this year. 2020 vision. No, 2020 television. Okay, now here comes the Keep wrap going, up with masks. Okay, the, the evil masks. Yeah, right. I remember that. Yes, on the islands, boy, is like bread. Here comes the wrap-up. Did, did we ever see them eat a banana or an orange or an apple from that pile of fruit on the table? Right, it's, it's got to be plastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, we're still getting the wrap-ups of, I'm sorry I put you through such problems, honey. It's okay. I love I'm sorry you. I put you through such trouble. I love you too, Carl, even though I made you watch this movie. How many times did you watch this? This is my fourth fucking yeah. time. Thanks. <laughs> oh, wait. Listen, I got the next two movies lined up, and then we'll uh, you'll pick the movie. Okay. Okay, well, here so it comes. Bad luck. Because bad luck. Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, lovey, I keep telling you, Chicago. Chicago. Kirsten, I have as much right to an opinion as you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I can tell you. <laughs> labels in the masks that read made in Chicago, Illinois. Well, I made those labels myself. You mean those were actually primitive native Polynesian masks? Precisely. And I hope I prove to you all just how absurd the ancient superstitions really are. I just pretended to find those labels in the masks to show you the stereotype is shot. Oh yeah, right. They were what? Huh? Oh no, the drums are making the statues rock. Oh, that's creepy, Carl. This movie, this this theatrically released full-length movie, has gone from comedy to terror in the in the last Wait, five minutes. Now it's back to comedy. Where was the money shot? They just cut the Russell Johnson with a, a, a 
bowl on his head. I didn't see it land. Look at that hair. He ate that God, one. He we has don't the best see hair. the event. We see the after. Yeah, I paid good money. I, right. I, this is what I would complain. And then the oh, and there's a but wait a minute. So there's no like they don't screw. I thought they fucked up. Like everyone left and then they got stranded. No, they actually this is open ended. It's like you said before. It had to be open ended. Yeah, to be a, a pilot, and they didn't get picked up. Oh. Yeah, well, right. Well, you know, but some of them are too busy with Super Train. Right. He went on to Super Train. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been a... Uh, a track. Oh, yeah. Well, I do remember... Pat, I remember the ending of Gilligan's Island. They didn't, they didn't... When they showed these shows in syndication, they played the end credits. It wasn't, you know, sometimes they'll talk over it, but they wouldn't squish it to the side or put it in yeah, a little box that's, or tell you to skip it, yeah. you know. That 90s. started in the 90s. But you would see them, like... Yeah, but do you, you remember the, the famous ending of the Gillian's Island? They're like waving, or they're on like a grotto or something like that. I forget. Uh, well, anyway, uh, God, I'm so nostalgic. Carl, what'd you think of today's movie? Uh, I loved it. It was great. Good choice. Look, man, it sucked, and it wasn't even good. I guess it's good for your show. There is a lot to talk about with Gilligan's Island. So, well, you know, I love TV movies. I love TV shows that become full-length movies. I prefer their theatrically released full-length movies. Yes. It's a lot more fun. But uh, there was this phenomenon, and I know that people talk about Gillian's Island and the, and, the, and the Globetrotters, and I just wanted to let them know that, you know, they did other stuff. They had these other theatrically released uh, these TV movies. And so, and I also remember watching it. So it was the Rescue time. from Gilligan's Island was the reu- reun- reunion show. The one we just saw, The Castaways in Gilligan's Island, The Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, two animated C- series, yeah, you said Planet, guest spots on shows like ALF, which they're all together, uh, Baywatch, Roseanne. God. So they milked this cow. Yeah. Well, no, they didn't probably – I always wonder about syndication and whether they got residuals. I mean, I know that uh, I Love Lucy, none of the uh, day players got any residuals. Yeah. They all went to Desi Lou, and that, that show was a syndication for decades. So I do I wonder, like, Lucy. you watch, like, Brady Bunch. Yeah, I mean, does Gilligan get, like, 12 cents every time it airs uh, after school? No. I mean – So, yeah. Good question. Their fame were gone, and I, I do know – and then the Brady Bunch movies from the 90s, I think Gilligan shows up. Yes, that's right. And also, um, Jim Bacchus was, did a Brady Bunch. And six, Listen, I've got more stuff I didn't tell you during the six women played Ginger. 70-minute movie? Oh, wow. Uh, Tina Louise was considered to be the official, is considered to be the official Ginger. Uh, due to her friction with the cast and her rough history with the show itself, she declined a- any spin-offs, reunion films, cartoons. She was just like, I am out of here. That happened, and now it's done. Well, yeah. anyway, there's lots to talk about. It was good in that sense. There were many things I didn't get to here in my notes, and that's okay. Um, <clears throat> but as far as, like... Enjoying a film, you know, like I enjoyed Brain Dead. It was bad, but I enjoyed it. Uh, this was not funny. I played you like five to eight funny moments, but as a rule, right? You know, 
And um, also, we were watching TV. That is not your style, Michael. Uh, yeah, I know. It's not my style. Because I've said this on this show. TV, like, when you see a bad movie, is that someone had a vision, someone had a financial backing on this, yeah. and it misfired. It wasn't their intention. They were they were wanting to make a good movie, or they wanted to make something that exploitive, but entertaining enough. And there's a misfire, you know. So, so television, television doesn't care if you think it's good or bad. They, you know, you watch right. it. You could sit on your couch complaining about it. A cur- seven commercials play. That's you what they're about after. them. Yeah. Then the show comes on. Yeah. So as long as you watch those ads, they don't give a shit if you hate the quality of yeah. it and you're you're zinging it from your couch. They want you to zing it from your couch. They want you to sit there and watch it all day. So. Yeah, I agree. So it is kind of a misstep from us. But remember, we saw one TV thing that was good. It was Lonnie Anderson and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure, that was the Jane Mansfield story. Yes, right. We enjoyed that. That was good. The person who uploaded it, the person who uploaded it, kept all the commercials in there, and it was all ads from the 1980 uh, uh, presidential uh, election. The Democrats want you to wait in line for gas. (laughs) <laughs> they want you to drink Perrier instead of straight from the faucet like an American. Right. Isn't it time we put Ronald Reagan in the office? So, Carl, I'm looking at my prime time book, and I just wanted to follow up about the prime time schedule. So I had mentioned that Gilligan moved a couple of nights. Their second season, they were on Thursday. They were up against the Donna Reed Show and, and Daniel Boone. And CBS offered The Munsters, Gilligan's Islands, My Three Son, and then the, the Thursday night movie. Then they, uh, then Gilligan kind of for the final season, they kind of took a bath. I just saw it a second ago. They were on Monday at eight seven thirty. That was them. Lunch, but it's not good. Yes, well, apparently the primetime schedule started at seven thirty. Not on eight. Sunday they would add like a, not eight. Hmm. So I'm looking at like even in sixty five and sixty four. For a long time, the the primetime season was seven thirty to uh, eleven. Okay, so, eight two, and then or, yeah, eight and nine were like the killer hours, and then ten o'clock it got a little fuzzy, uh, but I don't remember eleven o'clock ever being prime time when we were young. It was no, no, PM to t- no, no. It, it ended at eleven. It ended at eleven. There was a yeah. local news, local right. news, and then it was a late night talk show, mm-hmm. and then they did that thing where. Local news lasted till eleven thirty-five, and then you started Jay Leno or Johnny Carson or what right. have you. I never David yeah, Letter. I found that on Oscars, but no, you're right. It was Johnny. Yeah, let, let me... against who? Uh, I think it was just Carson for a long time. I know network-wise, it was some prime time like Arsenio was prime was syndicated. Right. Uh, Thick in the night was syndicated. Joan Rivers. Started the upstart network Fox. They put a late night show, but usually the got network the game. No, you said that. Um, it was Pat Sajak for two seconds was in the game. Right, that's right. You know, I think a lot of like local affiliates made money off of reruns. Like you could watch Johnny Carson, or you could watch like Honeymooners on, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, Channel Nine at eleven thirty. Yeah. So, you know, people had a habit of, like, oh, I'd rather watch The Honeymooners than watch Carson. Or was it 11? I was at, like, it might have been at 11 against the news. What it might have been, like, two episodes Remember back there was to back. Channel 9 and Channel 11, that's where, like, Honeymooners would show up. I just don't remember which one. I think it was 9. W-O-R? I always thought it was 11. May, if you could yeah, be right. I always thought it was 11. 
Because 11 was in New York City, and of course, famously, WORs is the caucus, New Jersey. Right. And uh, they always kind of played up the New York aspect of the honeymooners. So I think it was. uh, Your brother did a lot of TV in Secaucus. Or was it a lot? Maybe it was only. It was more than one show. My brother Adam, who recommended a movie we're going to watch in two weeks, and we'll get back to that in the next week, uh, he. he had a bad movie podcast called Probably Resents, but he's a television producer, and he worked on the Richard Bay People yeah, Are yeah. Interesting show or whatever. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And they would shoot that. And, you know, the Richard Bay show, they would shoot in the Secaucus camp, and they would have things like Blonde versus Burnett, Who's Better? And they would do these, like, challenges where they would shoot it on the roof of the WOR studios. And you can see Secaucus behind them, and they'll be like, you know, blonde versus brunette, mud wrestling, or something like that, on the roof of the WOR. Anything to make you watch. Yeah, it was an interesting show. Yeah, anything to make you watch. Carl, listen, I had to pull this one out. It was just kind of an oddity. It's a curio. It's a pop culture curio. So that's the reason why I it's I brought this out. I No problem. I can't apologize for castaways. I'm not going to apologize. Yes, you this are. This is an exception. I mean... No, you are going to apologize. Listen, I eat what you <laughs> I sure about ending. Carl, I'm not going to apologize. But we're castaways. I'm going to get Carl, listen, I'm sorry, okay? I it was a clearly a pilot. Next week. All right, what are we watching next week? Okay. Are you sure you don't want to pick? All right, you're going to pick the switcheroo is going to happen in the week, and then yeah. we'll do Adam's uh, suggestion down the line. All and right. That, Next week, we're, we're back in the land of real movies. We're back in the land of really terrible, not terrible, but just weird, offbeat movies. Thank you. And when you hear weird, offbeat movies, the name Robert Downey Sr. gets bandied around. Yes. Uh, he, of course, is Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, father, and he's a famous experimental filmmaker. And I was one of the few people who saw Mad Magazine presents up the Academy in the mm-hmm. theaters, a uh, film he directed. He makes these films that are just not, what did not we really watching. Can you do Pundy Swartz? Swoops? Pete, sloops? Swoops? I don't think we ever watched that we, one, did yeah, we? Yeah, we saw Putney Swoops Putney. together. God, Carl, we've been doing the show a long time. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that one a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And he actually voiced Putney. He redubbed it and did his own voice on that. So we're watching a movie he did in 1974 Arrow. called Greaser's Palace, Okay. where it's a Western, but like a, a modern day people show up. Palace. Uh, okay, trailer. And yes, uh, I don't think we have a trailer. Unfortunately, oh. we have like uh, scenes cut out. Oh, okay. I'm relying on your audio, so I do see like just scenes, but I don't think there was an official. Oh, that's trailer. Okay, well, Here, I'll, let me I'll try commercial trailer. instead of trailer. Mercial. Okay. It's just clips from this movie. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, it's still more. Okay, so we got Bingo. We got Spittoon. Uh, we've got I Can Crawl Again and Jesse's Song and Red okay. Snapper. What do you like? Soldier Sam. You want to end on the song? The song, sure. That is. Well, no, no. Well, that's three minutes. I don't know about that. One would do I Can Crawl Again and call it a day. Okay, 38 seconds for Red Snapper. Want to try that? Okay, let's do 38 seconds. I like that. Yeah. So I put in Trailer, Greaser's Palace. You'll only get clips. And if you go down to Unruly Brutes channel, you will find Red Snapper. I'm sliding it back to 000. Uh, 
All right, kids, get your finger hovering over that triangle. Let's do this thing in three, two, one. G-g-g-go. Okay, three, two, one, go. In a world. <laughs> I know she's waiting for me because 10 minutes ago she sent me the finest smoke signal I ever seen. She said, Vernon, you are the only man who ever made my bell ring. All my love, Red Snapper. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> Ugly old honey ho says hello. <laughs> I, okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, that's the. That's the movie. Okay. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to watch, we're back to watching classic movies and odd, weird movies that we read about. I've read about Robert Downey Sr.'s uh, work, mm-hmm. several books, but this is the first time I can actually see a full-length movie of his. Thank you, YouTube, and that's the premise of the podcast. Carl, where can people find you? Uh, gosh, uh, they can go to carlsucks.com. And if they go to my right, mic on Tuesdays, they're getting temperature checked as they walk in the door, thanks to Mike Spiegelman. And we don't have microphone condoms, but we do have microphone prophylactics. Plus, there is a bevy of uh, squirt juice, so you can disinfect yourself. And if you go inside the bar to go to the bathroom, you must wear a mask. This is all thanks to Mike Spiegelman. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. Carl is uh, being responsible. He is offering live entertainment from a professional bar in New Jersey. Uh, so backyard, he is obviously backyard. checking the boxes. Backyard, outdoors. Yeah, right by a billboard. You get classic New Jersey billboard facing the parkway. Uh, it's between uh, yeah. 80 and the parkway. And don't make that a New Jersey thing as if billboards aren't all over Frisco. I miss, yeah, but they're, they're Bay Area billboards. They're not real true Come Jersey on. billboards. They're not made with hard water, man. They're not boiled in hard water start, like New Jersey billboards. Start driving down Route 80, and you're going to see billboard, 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 billboard. It's every state. It isn't here. It's America. It's <laughs> no, in- no, man. Listen, man, the billboards, the billboards in California are different. When you fold them in half, there's no grease pours out of them. You know, they're completely, they're, they're fluffy. You know, it doesn't even taste like a billboard. That's a fair cop. I mean, that's a fair criticism. <laughs> yeah. Well, take it from me. An, an ex-Jersey is in California. Yeah. I've been in California 27 years, but I'm still an ex-Jersey. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, speaking of California, if you're in Humboldt County, pick up the latest copy of Savage Henry Magazine. Oh, uh, this is The comedy magazine theme is the new normal. I did get accepted. I'm in the, the new issue. And if you're not in Humboldt County, well, you're probably smoking shitty weed, but if you're not in Humboldt County, you can still read the magazine. There's a digital copy on a website called Issue. It's in tight. I-S-S-U-U.com. Go ahead and type that in. Type in Savage Henry Magazine, and you could find my latest article. It's uh, Your Breath Stinks. So if you're not going to wear a mask to, for, because of the pandemic, you at least wear the mask. And I, I make a lot of your breath smells so bad. COVID style jokes. So I'm going to save it. Go ahead and find that. Carl, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's been a pleasure to watch Gilligan's Island, man. We've been friends for years. I don't think we've ever watched an episode of Gilligan's Island together. You know, some things, you know, sometimes you don't fix what ain't broke, Mike. 
Okay. <laughs> Too late. I fixed it. It's done. I'm looking forward to Greaser's Palace. Back to movies. Sounds great. And we're looking forward to watching Let Us Watch Greaser's Palace with you, the audience. So please, if you haven't subscribed, do so. Go ahead and rate us on uh, iTunes and go ahead and write some shitty thing on uh, Twitter. I don't know how this is the, the internet yeah. works. Well, we love your support. Keep supporting Mutiny Radio. If this episode airs and Mutiny is still around, you're doing the right thing. Uh, Carl, Stop thank you so much, that, man. It was like, fun. Stop saying that. Oh, I didn't say nothing. Okay. Listen, said what? Go to Mutiny Radio. Right. Hit the donate button. Yeah, do that. Don't, why don't you donate? <laughs> I don't remember your song. Yeah. All right, Carl, thanks so much. Thank you, audience. Thank you, Carl. Bye. L L Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. W-A-F-L-M-O-T-Y-T L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T Okay, all right, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one, though. Oh, God, okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one. Ready? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T Do it again. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T L W A L F M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie. song my turn-ons are dancing in the dark kissing on a lark and peeing in the park you should follow me on twitter it's jokes to carl that's the duh of francais not the duh of dumbass but never mind that don't follow me now follow me later i mean for right now
Cause I really do. everybody it is monday it's six o'clock you might or might not be listening to mutiny radio or you're listening to the podcast it's the joke workshop here on mutiny radio every monday from six to eight i'm your host pam benjamin uh comedians are going to get up here they're going to do four minutes of time and then they're going to get critiqued by a panel of their comedian peers and if you remember if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich at least make the bread taste good be kind and helpful and uh listen to their jokes yay all right, your first comedian of the night, very, very helpful, came to me in my hour of distress today uh, with to, to deal with the chicken, and uh, good times. So thanks to Ethan Albers, and right now, your first comedian is Ethan Albers! Thanks, thank you. Yeah, I had nothing else going on. That's the life of a man who lives on a bus. It was that or YouTube videos about building sustainable homes. <laughs> I'm being serious. I watch a lot of videos about sustainable homes. Anybody have any questions about uh, about sandbag houses, earthbag houses? I could. Corn cob houses. Corn cob. You, you like the, you like those houses? Cool houses. Yeah. Hay bale houses. Yeah. Brad. Good, good talk. This is great. The best house. What climate? What climate are you living in, Avery? San Francisco. There's no such thing as a sustainable house in San Francisco. So, touche. <laughs> Tulsa. <laughs> huh? Uh, Tulsa has a good comedy scene. This is a great four minutes. Like I, all right, we're we're gonna go down the road. I uh, uh, I recently found out about this, uh, this Throwback Thursday. You kids, you kids like on the internet, it's like a Throwback Thursday. And I, I wonder if there's somebody out there in the world 
who who has learned about Throwback Thursday and gets really excited and goes, yeah, and Thursdays, man. Thursdays is the day we get to use the N-word again. <laughs> Thursdays are the day. I'm surprised that's not what Throwback Thursday is. I'm surprised we don't use it for something else it's like that. It's just like, yeah, dude, today I burned the Greyhound bus outside of Birmingham, Alabama. Hashtag Throwback Thursday. No? All right. A little too risky. Today I rejected some man of color from going to a voting booth. Hashtag Throwback Thursday. So fucking bad. That's such a bad premise. So bad. Oh, man. I, uh... I uh, had a humbling weekend last weekend. Ah, it was a week before. Uh, I found out not all mountains are volcanoes. <laughs> I thought all mountains were volcanic. Avery, do you understand that? Do you not understand this? Oh, 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 excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Avery over in the corner, I grew up in Portland, Mount Hood, volcanic, Mount St. Helens, volcanic, why would I assume otherwise? Here's the thing, it's all the places I haven't been going because of volcanic mountains, Tahoe, haven't gone to Tahoe because of volcanoes. Nope, no mountain of vol. Nope, no ball. I haven't gone to Tahoe. That's a lie. I've been to Tahoe. It's lovely. Honk, honk. Awesome. Unless you want to forgo comments, then you can go longer. No, I want to hear critiques. I'm mainly here for critiques. I'm not really here for the telling of the jokes. More of the more of the rambling. Seeing how my brain works. Where are we gonna end up? I uh. Okay, I got one. This will eat some shit, but we'll, we'll go ahead and do it. Uh, I, had a, I had a moment the other day where I was like, maybe I got to get my shit together. Maybe I get my shit together. Uh, I was, uh, I, so here's the thing. You know, me making most of my money off like uh, under the table. Legally, but under the table. I'm not selling drugs, internet. Not a drug dealer. I do not want you. Go, like, so I managed to get myself on some EBT money, just like some extra like organic food. It's my organic food money. That's how I bought it. I'm on it. Here's the thing. You ignore their call. They just turn that shit off. They just like cancel it on you. I didn't know this. Did not know this. So they called me up uh, a couple of days back and I answered it. Uh, and I happened to be going into a Jack in a Box drive through So I stopped and I backed it up at a parking lot, South Berkeley. And I'm there. And there's, I'm in this white Volvo I have for sale, if anybody's interested. And uh, there's another white Volvo, the exact car, next to me with this guy clearly living out of this, like, dirty, like, old hippie dude in this car. And I start, like, yelling at this, like, EBT lady who, like, speaks really broken English. I'm just, like, yelling, and he's just eating this, like, jumbo jack. And I hang up the phone after I, like, I complete what I need to do. And uh, the man <laughs> looks at me and goes, EBT office. Been there, man. Been there. Just, that was it. And I was like, dude, I got to get my shit together because we're in the same exact car. We met 30 years apart at the same jacket about, like, this is bad. All right, it's good time. Ethan Albers getting his shit together. 
getting no. this shit together. Critiquing. Right now on the panel, it looks like in front we have Mary Goss, but I don't think she's. She would not listen. She's just. Stephanie Silverman. Oh, she always has go. Crit- go. good critique. Go. Okay, I love, I love, you never hear jokes about sustainable houses, so I want you Oh, that wasn't a joke. I was, I know, I I know, but I'm encouraging you. I was, I'm I'm thinking you should explore that. And I thought of a joke, like you didn't realize, you thought that uh, hay bales were sustainable houses, but then you put your horse in it. (laughs) Okay. Hey, and the like, <laughs> they would just eat it. Um, <laughs> and then with the volcanoes jokes, I, I like uh, the story about that. Like when you went to Tahoe, but then you were afraid to go to Tahoe because of uh, volcanoes. But now it's av- there's like an avalanche. Then you got stuck in an avalanche. I, oh, I see that. Like I see that word on like play. There's yeah. other things to be afraid of with yeah. mountains. I actually did that joke. But I normally do it a lot different. That's okay. a little funnier, I guess. Also, Donner That's Party all. is always fun to bring what? up. The Donner Party. That did happen on the way to Tahoe. Yeah, Lincoln Highway right yeah, there. So it's Donner a, Lake, it's yeah. a fun thing to bring up cannibalism, too. I mean, you could be afraid of both volcanoes and cannibals. I got to be honest. There's one, there's a couple of things I don't joke about in life, and cannibals one, man. It fucking creeps <laughs> me the fuck out. Like, eating another person? That, like, oof. Wow. Greg Gettle, critique that's, my set real that's quick. Where he, uh, that's where he draws the line. Real bad. <laughs> Thank you for honesty. <laughs> Throwback Thursday to racism. All right. Hey, everybody, put your hands together and keep them clapping for Ethan Albers. Yay. Uh, All right. So I have to hold my finger up tonight because I'm trying to keep it above my heart. So it does not mean I'm giving you the minute. The minute is the horn. When you hear this, that means you have a minute. I'm just going to be holding my finger up. Just ignore it. Okay. It's only the only time that's going to happen. All right, your next comedian is a wonderful young gentleman. He's never going to be a meth head. Really, that was what we learned out on the what we learned out on the street today is he's never going to be a meth head. Put your hands together everybody for Connor Doherty. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Not a good influence. No, stop talking during my set, Stefan. No, you keep doing that. You're a comic. You know how this works. <laughs> I don't think that's how you pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, haven't you seen the South Park where you get Asperger's? He doesn't have a TV. All right, you two fight it out, but not during my set. I had new jokes to talk about. I was thinking about skydiving recently. I'm very scared of heights. I've never been skydiving. I I never will because I'm a pussy. I was thinking about it, though. If I were in the plane, I would probably do some combination of uh, pee myself, throw up, and start crying. And I was, but then I was thinking about it, and it's like if you only do one of those things, you're just a pussy. If you do all three of those things, like it's sad. No, if you do two of those things, it's sad. Three, I fucked it up. (laughs) Anyway, the point of this joke was, if I were in a plane and about to go skydiving, and like, you can't really force yourself to throw up, or I can't, and I also can't force myself to start crying, but if those are the two out of the three that I had started doing, I would just complete the trifecta and pee myself, because then everyone would be like, whoa, this guy's hardcore. (laughs) Good talk, everyone. I was hanging out 
in San Diego this weekend, and I met this SoCal skim border, surf border bro. He gave me mushrooms, and he had on the inside of his forearm prominently displayed just below his slightly too short t-shirt, it said Memento Mori, which means, what is it, like reminder of death or something like that? Remember? Yeah. Anyway, I knew the gist of it. I didn't know what it literally translated to. But I just wanted to be like, dude, some of us don't need a tattoo to remind us that we're going to die. Like, some of us just think about it constantly and don't, like, flaunt it. Like, I wish that I was at a place in my life where I could use my constantly thinking about death to, like, impress others, you know, like, put it on my body somewhere. Look at me. Reckon with me. Uh, this is also not a joke, just something that happened. I was talking to this guy, this was actually several years ago, but I was thinking about it recently, and he was talking about, he was in college, and he was talking about being at this party, and he's like, yeah, I just started fornicating with this girl in the hallway, and I was like, I don't think you know what fornicating means. Uh, my grandpa was the mayor of a small town in Wisconsin. He decided to run the day before the election as a write-in candidate. This is how small the town is. Like, he was able to do that and then get elected. And the one law that he made while he was in office, or at least the only one I've ever heard about, is that he made it so that all of the bars need to be on the same side of the road so that the drunks don't try to cross the street. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, kind of brilliant. Especially in a small town where, like, they just, you know, they don't, like, everything that's wrong with it is just going to stay wrong with it, and everything that works fine, like, you can't really fuck it up. So it's just, like, new laws at this point are basically cosmetic. But I feel like that one has actually saved a life in the, over the course of, like, the 30 years since he's been mayor. It's still true. All the bars are still only on one side of the road in Cumberland, Wisconsin. Those are my ancestors. Uh... I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had another joke. Does anybody remember my spy dad's bit that I gave up on? <laughs> uh, is that the one with the weird word? Uh, yeah, they, they, start a they, they start a cover band called Extraordinary Rendition, which is a great pun. Anyway, once you get into the guys in the cover band playing Extraordinary Rendition, the additional tag to it is they play Jimmy Buffett songs, and then you say, it's five o'clock in a secret prison somewhere. Right. Uh, we have comments from people. Uh, it looks like Ethan Albers. It looks like Stephanie Silverman's there. I also have a couple cute things. Cool. Uh, I guess I'll go first, um, speaking on behalf of the audience. Uh, f what's fornication? Are you kidding? It's a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> it's fucking Ethan. Fucking. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like the it's like the Bible word. It's the Bible word for sex for pleasure. Uh, okay. Um, no. Uh, the best thing out of that was the grandpa thing, the true story, mayor thing. That's funny. Thank you. That's very very original. And funny. Don't change, change it. Just he's dead. I can't undo it. So. Yeah, that was definitely uh, very funny. Um, can you expand that? Like your so you could start with the premise of like your family accepts accepts people as they are. 
because like he's accepting that people are drunk but he's like putting a band-aid on it just don't cross the street like what else could they do like maybe that's something your family does yeah i have a whole other thing about that side of the family and how they're rednecks and but they're but they have but they're good at heart they want to save drunk no they're not do they pee their pants i was trying to think of a way to put together all when he was like 90 but that's not really funny that's just (laughs) but the but the pee pants in the beginning and then if you're talking about drunk people and your family and you have pee pants problems i was trying to think of a way for you to like bridge everything together and I thought that, especially when you said just out of nowhere, uh, reckon with me. It's like so funny because you don't look like a person that would be in a fight. You look like the guy that's going to pee your pants. So, like, if you could do that sort of whole, like, keep going around to that, like, I'm this, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't like to use the word pussy because I feel like that demeans pussies, which are really strong and amazing things. Um, but the other thing that I thought was funny I'm a strong was and amazing thing. <laughs> okay, th- then maybe that's fair. Um, but the other thing I... <laughs> The other thing that made me laugh was good talk, everyone. That's like a great thing to throw around whenever you want. It was really funny. Like, if you don't get a laugh and you just say good talk, everyone, like, I thought that was a great back pocket maneuver. What, what did the guy think that fornicating meant? Did he just, yeah. like, conversating? It's unclear. Uh-huh. I, like, I think maybe he thought it was, like, making out or something. Maybe he was fucking her. John Gallagher has a question about fornicating. Yeah, that's, I, that's what I was going to say. How do you know he wasn't fucking her? Yeah, maybe he was. Yeah, people fuck places. I also thought it must have meant something else because of that. And Zach Wiseman's the same time. With Zach Wiseman? I got something now. Um, for, your, for your Wisconsin joke, uh, it'd be funny if like, the bars were on one side, but then like, yoga studios were on both sides because you want them to get hit by cars because Wisconsin's not a very healthy place. <laughs> something like that. Noted. Like a fruit thing? What's a, what's a smoothie place? Jamba Juice? Yeah, like a Jamba Juice. They're like scattered all in corners. Okay. <laughs> Allison, did you have or a thing? Yeah, on that same idea, I was thinking like uh, y- your grandpa realized it was a real problem because you guys were losing all the drunks in town, mm-hmm. which was like a big decline in your population. That's funny right there. That is funny. <laughs> it's better than yours, Greg. <laughs> All right. Clap, clap wildly. That was Connor Doherty. Yay. Yay, Connor Doherty. Yay. Oh, uh, all right. Your next meeting. Hey, guys, there's chicken. Eat the chicken. Eat the chicken. I sacrifice for the chicken. There's paminate on it. It's like a pam marinade. It's, that's why it's so salty. It's, it's all my blood. It's, it's the hemoglobin. Delicious. Uh, all right, your next comedian is a very funny man. He runs a great open mic. He runs an open mic on Tuesdays <laughs> that now that now has a front light, which is fucking amazing. He is an amazing host, though, and he makes it work every week, and I always have a good time there when I go. Put your hands together. It's Greg Gettle. If you like to wear pants, all right. it would be nice yeah. if you would pick cool all right uh how we doing um so i was walking through san francisco like all day on saturday it was about like i don't know like 12 hours to walk around the city just kind of taking things in and like walking through the city is like taking acid because like it takes forever and after you're over after it's done you're like why aren't people better (laughs) like that's just all i felt and i was at and i was walking to target to get a vacuum cleaner because i'm officially domesticated and, and there's this homeless man who's like, yay, hi, lengthy white dude, and like, 
When I first saw him, he was yelling at this black guy. And have you ever, like, walked in on a, a confrontation and knew instantly that the white guy definitely just said the N-word? <laughs> like, that's what happened. And then he started pushing people. He's walking. He's pushing people, slapping people. There's this guy on a bicycle. He's riding by. The guy slaps the guy in the chest on the bike. And, he, and then he runs away. And the guy on the bike was just like, huh, huh. And he's like, what should I do? And then he turned around, and then he, be like, bolted towards the homeless guy. And he cuts the homeless guy off. He's like, why the fuck did you hit me? Why are you screaming at him? And all of a sudden, this, this man, he's a Hispanic man, face tattoo, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and he had this pit bull on the leash. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> We've all seen him. And he goes up to the guy. He's like, I fucking saw what you did. And, but what happened was he was getting mad at the homeless man that was slapping everybody. And he was like, I got your fucking, I got your fucking cop right here. And he had the pit bull, and the pit bull was, like, trying to bite him. And he followed him for two blocks and chased him away. And I felt like any other time I've seen people like this, you know, the guy with the face tattoo, I always thought, run away. <laughs> like, that guy's the worst. Uh, but this time, he was the fucking hero. And, like, I felt nothing but bliss. Like, I was like, like society made sense to me again. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need cops. I, I hate people is what I'm saying. <laughs> I just got so mad at him because I was like, you don't, we live in a society, you don't hit people, and you should be, I mean, I would, I would say murdered, <laughs> like, but I don't run worlds or cities. Yeah. Anyone else have a, uh, a drinking problem in the crowd? <laughs> Anyone? Yeah, we got a couple in the audience. Yeah, I was uh, at work today sweating because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, huh, maybe I should do a little Googling, and, you know, and uh, see if maybe I should think about quitting drinking. And, and have you guys ever read, like, these questionnaires? Like, the <laughs> you, I think they invented them for you, Ethan. Um, <laughs> but no, like, they always, like, have all these questions about, like, if you answer yes to, like, 60% of these, then you probably have a drinking problem. And about, like, <laughs> about eight, eight of them down, I was like, I think you have a drunk, a drinking problem if you say, yeah, but, to every question. <laughs> like, like, yeah, but, like, there's hypothetical. Like, yeah, but, okay, like, for example, I have them all printed out. <laughs> all right. All right, here's just some couples. Do you sometimes feel uncomfortable if alcohol is not available? And it's like, yeah, but, like, what, am I hanging out with children? Like, why is there not... <laughs> Why is there not alcohol around, man? <laughs> Have you been having more memory blackouts recently? But you're like, yeah, but that's also could be due to old age. You know what I mean? Like, all right, first one's funnier. Okay. Um, do you usually have a reason for the occasions when you drink heavily? But it's like, yeah, but also, like, can't anything be a special occasion? Like, like I, I got to hang out with Ethan tonight. Let's celebrate. You know what I mean? Like... It's all about your perspective, is what I'm saying. And uh, throughout the rest of the mics, I'm going to go through all these questions and uh, find out what works best. But thank you so much, guys. All right. Looks like Ethan's first on the panel. First one. Uh, the, the very last one you did about the uh, uh, reason for drinking. You could go, yeah, I host an open mic at home. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> That is a special occasion, man. Yeah, I think that the yeah, but is definitely the strongest premise of, of those. I think that uh, for that... Is it, is it hacky? Have you heard... No, no you haven't heard, heard that? Okay. I mean, you know, just because I haven't heard... I don't think it's hacky, personally. But okay. I uh, I would say the setup, 
might be a little smoother if instead of saying like I kind of feel like if you say yeah but you have a drinking problem I would just say survey was yes or no but the weird thing is I kept answering yeah but and then you can kind of segue into it also I'm going to end that joke being like you might also have a drinking problem if you came up with this joke while drunk <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Don Kelly on that one <laughs> I, um, <laughs> segue into segue material. Yeah. I'll, I'll actually, I, I, re I, I regret giving him the mic. Um, <laughs> actually, the, the critique, your first story, I heard you say that last night at Punchline to me in private, yeah. and it was funnier yeah. in private than it was on stage, and the reason for that is you cut out you yeah, which mad. was the, the you wanting to fuck the dude up. Yeah. And that's what I think was the funny part of that story. And then uh, the dude with the pit bull came out of nowhere. God, he's a fucking saint. Did no one else? Cool. Thank you. Yay! The talking bear. He's suffering. Yay! Greg Gettle tells perfect jokes. Hooray! All right, your next comedian. Uh, another funny guy. Hey, I got to also let you guys know there's chicken. Eat the chicken. Eat the chicken. Uh, and your next comedian, funny man, put your hands together. It's John Gallagher. Machines, 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 machines. Hey, guys. Also, Yuri's here for because he's hiding on whatever witness protection program he's fucking in right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. What are you, Whitey Bulger? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. I can't help myself. Um... Uh, so I've, like, I'm getting fat, and that's great, uh, but one of the greatest new ways that I'm finding out that I'm getting fat is that uh, I got a haircut recently. I used to have a big beard. Instead of saying what people used to say when I got my haircuts, they'd say, oh, do you lose weight? But instead now they say, wow, your head looks smaller. <laughs> like, again, to match your giant fat body. It doesn't work. It's not the same anymore. Uh, so, yeah, me and Greg are Segway tour guides, and uh, I am a very relaxed person. My life is very leisurely because literally I'm on a scooter most of my day. That's... Uh, I live a relaxed lifestyle, and sometimes I get too relaxed. Like today, I had a, a bit of an issue when trying to have a small talk with one of my guests. Uh, so one of the things we do is we talk about, we take the people to the Palace of Fine Arts, so we talk about earthquakes. We talk about like the 1906 earthquake and the 89 earthquake. And I was having a conversation with this guy about the 89 earthquake, and he's a guy from the East Coast. And so we're talking about the 89 earthquake and all the devastation it causes. And then somewhere in my brain, I was like, well, he's from the East Coast. Let's talk about an event that was bad that happened on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about 9-11 right now. <laughs> I was reading some cool shit about 9-11 earlier today, and I was on Reddit, and one of the things on Reddit that said was, uh, all the people from 9-11 that were around ground zero are going to have the maximum amount of lung cancer from the asbestos fallout by 2040. So that's going to have the most lung cancer ever because all the people that breathe in the smoke. And I felt like... This is the time. It's like, this guy's from Fidel Philadelphia, right? He's not from New York. So it's like, let's talk about 9-11 right now. And so with that, I say this, and this guy looks at me, and his face just drops, and I'm like, well, 9-11's not a good move. This isn't a strong one. But what he says is like, yeah, my law firm was the very first firm to go back to work during 9-11. I breathed in all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's like, well, it's like, hey, I saw another thing about Cuba. You see Cuba? They got great things to cure lung cancer, man. Then fucking ran on my day. <laughs> no tip. No tip from him. And that's completely reasonable. You're very friendly from the rest of that tour, though. Yeah. So don't tell that joke anymore. That's what I got. Perfect. Um, 
but yeah, it's like too comfortable. You know what I mean? You can't talk to a man, but like, see, look at your face. Fuck, that's so fucking funny. Her face in the front row is just like, ugh. <laughs> I shouldn't talk about 9/11 ever. You probably shouldn't though. I remember I got attacked one time in the most peaceful open mic in Reno, Nevada. Uh, it's a place called Java Jungle. I got attacked in Java. You're from Reno, right? Yeah, so Java Jungle. I got attacked there for talking about 9-11 one time. It's pretty funny. A man ran across a room because he said, I was in ground zero. And I was like, all right, I don't care. And then I uh, got attacked. Um, so, like I said, what's uh, what was the other one? Actually, no, that's pretty much it. That's all I want to do. Anyway, thank you. All right, we have yes. people in the audience. <laughs> uh, I was thinking there might be something to uh, the guy is all mad that you're talking about Ground Zero, so he attacked you, and it's like, what are you doing, an impression of the plane or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there you go. Um, I don't know how else you could set it up, but I knew you were going there, that whole 9-11 thing. Right. I knew that he was going to be there. Right, yeah. So if you could set it up in a way that that's like, Oh shit, like more of a surprise to us that he was there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, or yeah, that you saw it on Reddit, so it was on your mind. You, you, you brought it up in conversation, made more sense that way, okay. and then, yeah. For sure. First date? For, uh, wait, what? First date, maybe. What? Uh, uh, first, I don't. Okay. Oh, like, like you're on a first date and you're trying to, like, be like I, I read this thing today, and she's like, actually, I'm from. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Like yeah. So just reset up and then just change yeah, it so around. Get rid of the segue thing. Okay. And just be explain why you're single. Oh, I think we know. I that. disagree. I like uh, I uh, I like the segue thing. I right. like the Palace of Fine Arts. But I say not 9/11. I say I don't know. Go awful with it. Just. Sandy Hook. I don't know. Like interesting. Maybe. Uh, okay. Somebody wait, laughed at that. Wait. So Sandy Hook. Oh, Hook was it Ken Suzuki? Then I don't do it. Don't I do it. Like if Ken <laughs> Suzuki laughed at it, because he's pure evil. I, I just okay. like that right now. Sandy Hook is worse than 9/11 to you. <laughs> like I like that too. Oh. Oh. Wait. Really? Yeah. What? Like, like how? Hands. Is 9/11 what? Yeah. I, I, wait, I'm so confused right now by all this. But then we're kids. <laughs> wait, there were kids murdered in 9/11. Uh, all right. Yeah. Exactly. Let's take it away from the shitty joke and then make it the exit. <laughs> exactly. What tragedy? Tragedy power rankings. That's good. <laughs> 9-11 is pretty corporate. That's true. All right. Any... Is that good? Okay. No, what if you're, what if you're trying to impress her with something you read on Reddit? Like, I, who would... Oh, man. Maybe. Yeah, that's but nobody, nobody's going to believe John was on a date, so that really is a good one. Oh! oh. <laughs> so that was for Yuri. Sorry. That was for Yuri. It was too... That was... Yeah, that was perfect. You have no choice but to take that. Right. Oh, that Whitey Balzer thing is the end. Well, yeah, I was, I was waiting this entire time for that, honestly. Yeah, it's, all right, that's, I'm leaving. John Gallagher! Explosion! Watch Tim Conway. All right, your next comedian is one of my favorite comedians. She always gives great comments and also funny jokes herself. You can see her next Tuesday. Uh, she'll be on the Brainwash Showcase when uh, Mutiny does its takeover the first Tuesday of the month. But right now... 
You can see her here. Put your hands together. It's Stephanie Silverman. Two mile, five at a Kappa Thank you for the chicken, Pam. Uh, I love how you just, like, when you provide a snack, it's like a whole bird. It's like, you don't make cookies or bring candy. It's like, here's a chicken. <laughs> Everyone's snacked. It's snack chicken. Um, let's see. I'm trying something new every week. I think I want to do, like, the mason jar report. Like, places where I have found mason jars that have pissed me off because um, they have become the vessels that we just use to bring liquids to our mouth. That's what they are now. I was in a really bougie salad place, and, like, I ordered a salad, and it was 18 fucking dollars, and I almost lost my shit. Uh, I almost lost my shit, but then they served the water in those mason jar mugs, mm-hmm. and and that's when I really lost it. But, uh, you know, I contribute to the mason jar fiasco. Uh, it was Passover. I had a couple of Passover seders. For those of you that don't know, that's when the Jews celebrated their exodus out of Egypt. We have two nights. It can be fun. It can be boring. Uh, one portion of this is where uh, we put out a glass of wine for the prophet Elijah to come and drink with us. I did not have this special cup. I used a mason jar. I am guilty. Um, I, yeah, I had two Passover seders, and there's usually uh, like a not Jewish friend that's like, "Oh my God, can I like crash your seder? I want to come to your seder." And I'm like, no, you can't come to my Seder. It's for Jews. Judaism is not a spectator sport. This is not fun. You think this is fun? I'm going to take you to Chabad house, and you can wait four fucking hours before you have matzah ball one, and then they ask you for money for, for Israel. How do you want to do that? Do you like that? Uh, no, it's not fun. I get irritated when people want to have fun with Judaism. If like Judaism were fun, like Jews wouldn't have been killed for being Jewish. People would have joined up. Like, I hate honor people that say they're honorary Jews. I'm an honorary Jew. I hang out with so many Jews. I love Jews. I want to be with you. I'm an honorary Jew. It's like, you're an honorary Jew? Like, are you going to go to the ovens when the Nazis come? Or is it going to be like, well, I stood there while they took everyone, and then they came for the honorary Jews, and I did nothing. I don't think so. All right, working on that. Um, uh, the other thing that irritated me was within the last week, two women said that they were overachievers. <laughs> And this one was like, oh, I'm such an overachiever. Oh, I just kind of... And then another one said, I've got to take a break. I've been an overachiever since, like, kindergarten. I'm like, do you actually know what overachiever means? Uh, being an overachiever means usually it's a term that they use in school to describe someone who that they didn't think could do anything who actually did something. It means, like, they didn't think you had the potential and you're probably working yourself to the ground to get something done. It means people don't actually believe in you. Um, <laughs> and you got something done anyway, usually at the expense of doing it right, uh, or you charmed your way to the top. Um, so I'm, I, I, I really am okay with being an underachiever, because uh, that means people thought I could do something even though I didn't. So, <laughs> so they had faith in me, and I look smart, and that's the most important thing. Um, let's see. I feel like uh, women probably uh, rank themselves. Like, you know, whenever I walk into a room, I look around, I'm like, where do I fit in in the hierarchy of hotness in here? Like, what, where, where's my rank? Like, how fat am I in comparison to the other ladies? How thin am I? I think this might be something that we all do. And it can be, it can be convenient. Like, if I kind of want to relax, I can just go find a hotter woman and, like, hang out next to her and let her have the attention. Or if I want to, like, you know, just kind of play it up, I can go find someone who's less hot. Um, I don't know. That's not, that's just not, that didn't work at all. I tried the alliteration. Hierarchy of hotness was probably pretty good. That was probably the best part of that joke. Um, I would like to quit drinking for a month or stop eating sugar for a month, uh, but I know how it's going to go. Like, I'm going to feel great. And and then what? (laughs) Then then I'll, (laughs) then I'll go back to that. It'll be awful. Um, what else? What else? I know I had something else. 
that went by so fast. You guys are so awesome. Oh my God, you guys are so awesome. Um, all right, I want help. I want help, you guys. Help me. Help me. Oh. Helpers, Ebony Silverman. First help by clapping. Yay! Clapping is helpful. What about do honorary Jews get taken to the toaster oven or something oh, like that? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> They get brown. They go the, the tanning bed. They get brown, yeah. Um, I think that there's something at the end there with the quit drinking and overachieving connection. Um, like, you know you'd feel great or that would be overachieving. You quitting drinking would be overachieving. Right. You know you'd feel great. All the things you'd probably get done mm -hmm. that you aren't expected to get done. I don't know. It's an idea. No one expects me to quit drinking, so. That's, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. okay. I want to go back to the beginning, the $18 salad, because I think you have the perfect, uh, you have the setup where you say $18, and then you could just say, and I don't know, you have an easy joke there, where it's like, it's $18, and no, it wasn't made of, I don't know, baby meat's the first thing that comes to my head, but not that necessarily. It had ahi in it. It had ahi? Oh, that's $18 then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Oh, yeah, that's funny right there. It has <laughs> ahi in it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I feel like if you sat like next to a hot chick, you'd probably get more attention. Cause then I don't um, like. Let's say I'm like a, a good-looking guy. Like you go to the you, you go to the less attractive woman, and and then the shows a hot girl. Like I don't care about looks. I care about the person. And then that's like an in. Oh, like a it's a move. Hmm. So like then all these guys will be talking to you. Being like telling well, you jokes and like, how, did being you friends. That, that would book? be that's a good joke because like my actual experience, my actual experience is like if I go out drinking with a hot chick, like then I can just check my phone for a while because like the guys will talk to them and then I can just like Facebook or whatever and like I get some time to myself. You guys can take. That might be like a next level strategy, but she's <laughs> writing from personal experience. <laughs> uh, you guys can go take Greg Gettle's class on finding and wooing women at OMG on Tuesday. How to show hot chicks you totally don't care about hotness. <laughs> I'm going to fuck so many hot chicks by not fucking hot chicks. It seems so funny when I woke up in the middle of the night to write that. Well, no, I understand. It makes sense. Because, but he, he, I mean, these young guys in their late 20s, they just, they're not even, they don't understand us. No, they don't. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. It seemed funny when I wrote it. Like, I got up and I wrote it on my, like, iPad keyboard. And I'm like, oh, this seems so funny. And then I was like, good thing I have an iPad because I don't have to not be able to read my own handwriting. And then I couldn't read the shit that I typed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny right there. That's the thing that was missing because you never finished what you feel like every Oh, I feel better about myself. I guess. Like, if I want to feel good about myself, I go stand next to an ugly girl, but... Yeah, you gotta come up with something yeah. I don't know. I don't like that. The whole premise is probably stupid. You, yeah, like, if you can't go out with ugly girls because, like, you get hit on too much, it's overwhelming. So, like, your ugly friend has to be willing to go out and have a good time. Yeah. Or, like, maybe you could throw something in there where ugly girls do something that nobody ever anticipates. Like, they go out and start fires or something. <laughs> it's just like, hey, hang out with girl. Like, you know, I go out with ugly girls, you know, and you have the anticipation... And, you know, to start fires <laughs> places because ugly girls are known arsonists. That's a thing. And Greg talks to them. Over Greg hits on them, right? Huh. Huh. <laughs> I, I like it. It doesn't have to be fire. But I, I like fire, though. Like fire is the thing, though. We all know right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right, everybody. Thank clap you. wildly for Stephanie Silverman. <laughs> Yay. Jokes about Seder. All right, your next comedian is 
a lovely young man who is going to tell you his jokes right now. Uh, I was going to say something. You had a funny set last week, but I don't, I don't remember what I was going to bring out about it. But never mind. Just clap, you guys. Hey, it's Jesse Warren. Yay! Hey, guys. So I went through a breakup pretty recently, uh, mostly because dating her was getting in the way of me doing what I'm most passionate about, which is dating other women. And uh, we, were, we were together for a really long time. We were together for five, almost six Netflix series now. And <laughs> it, was, uh, it was hard. No, we were together for, for four years. So when we broke up, it felt more like we were graduating from each other. Like I, like I walked away feeling like I had earned a bachelor's in Megan, <laughs> which, uh, which in this economy, I don't, I don't know if it's going to do me any good. I'm, I'm like shooting, I'm really shooting for like a Sasha or like a Britney, but really I'm only qualified for like another Megan <laughs> or like a Betsy or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the last, uh, the last year was really bad because when I should have really been spending time thinking about like the long term and going to grad school and stuff like that, all I could really think about was transferring. Like I was sitting there daydreaming like, oh, I bet at SFU they won't, uh, they won't yell at me for not looking away during the sex scenes on Game of Thrones and yeah, whatever. That was okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, we ended things on a good note, uh, which in my experience is the worst way to end a breakup or end a relationship. It, uh, it's horrible. It's never went well for me. There's no... There's no closure when it ends on a good note. When it ends terribly, you know exactly what you have to do, right? The leader number, unfriend her on Facebook, text all her friends. There's like a really time-tested formula for dealing with a bad breakup. Uh, for example, my, la my, last best, my last bad breakup went like this. This girl told me, Jesse, I cheated on you and you suck. And, uh, <laughs> And I was, I was caught off guard. I didn't know what to say. So I said, yeah, well, your pussy smells. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't really smell. I was just trying to think of something hurtful to say. And uh, she started crying. Immediately she started crying. And I left. And I never saw her again. <laughs> I don't know why uh, she was crying about it. I wouldn't cry about that. My balls smell. Uh, my balls smell. My balls smell, which is why I spray cologne on them. Because I am actively trying to better myself. I don't sit there crying about my problems. I'm making moves and trying to become a better person. I'm hoping, yeah, she's going to regret. Yeah, I'm hoping the next girl I'm with will be like, Jesse, why do your balls smell like aqua de Joe? I'll be like, because I won the genetic lottery, baby. I was born this way. I don't know. Thank you, guys. That's, that's all. Yeah. Jesse Warren's ball smell nice. Yay. Jean Nate. What did you call it? What, what, what kind of stuff were you putting on your balls? Oh, something different. I only remember Jean Nate. You could buy it at, like, remember? If you could buy it at, like, Mervyn's yeah. for your mom. <laughs> like, Jean Nate. It was the cheap thing you bought your mom for Mother's Day. All right, Jesse Warren, we've got comments right now from Allison Hooker, and it looks like Ethan Almers. Um, I like the premise about you graduated from the girlfriend. I think that instead of using real names, it'd be funnier as nicknames. So you graduated from 
whatever her nickname is, and you're, you wish you, and then you mentioned you wish you went to grad school, you should have been thinking about that. What yep. would grad school be in terms of like nicknames of girlfriends, you know what I mean? Like what would be the next level? What do you, what do you mean nicknames? So like, like. I don't know, what if it's something that's immature or annoying about her or oh, felt like you, a okay. first relationship. I got you, I got you, okay. Okay. About her, you know, that would make her just community college. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And then later when you're talking about, like, I should have been focused on grad school, I should have been focused on a, what's the nickname for somebody that's the next step? What are you looking for now? You know, like that. It's an idea. Cool, thank you. Like, left, but, like, Yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, did anybody, did Joey Avery say the thing yet? What? Oh, just that your joke is, uh, yeah. premise-wise, is very, very similar to something that Joey Avery's been doing for, oh, I don't know, like eight eight months. Yeah, no, I mean, it's different, like, when it's better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's it's totally different, and you, you went a different way. With it. Like, your point is that, like, it's about that girl. I would just say... You know, I'll sh- I'll tell you what mine is, just so you can keep that in mind, so yeah. that you steer clear sure. of that, because yeah. obviously we'll be doing similar shit. Yeah, so sorry, man, I, 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 dude, I, no, I haven't heard you. I haven't heard you. I'm a hundred percent sure of that, okay. and it was totally original. It's just a similar premise. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Th- that's happened to me before. There was a girl who came here from Australia, and she did a joke, and she did this thing about uh, the Little Mermaid having all these dildos. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Identical to one I have about like, what's a mermaid vagina? Like how many trillion can treasures untold all this thing about dildos in a mermaid vagina and hers was almost identical to mine but it's possible because she lives in australia so sometimes people come up with very similar premises and they play out because we all are sort of human i don't know how that works but it's happened to me too we probably have similar problems (laughs) (laughs) jesse on that topic Remember that day it was you, me, and Alex having a conversation. Alex said, hey, isn't it kind of douchey to have a conversation with somebody with headphones in your ears? This was two Mondays ago. Okay, no, I... Okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember... Like, there's something so very bro... Stereotypically bro-y and douche-sounding about talking about cloning your balls that, I don't know, I felt... It made me laugh, but I was like, you should address it, like... My ball, like, uh, that's why I spray cologne on them. Yeah. Instead of saying because I'm trying to better myself, be like, because I'm a douche. Okay. Or something like that, because, yeah. and, you know, I no disrespect to anybody else in here that does that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was I like, okay, that's how, like, play with them, man. Because yeah, I thought yeah. it was funny. Cool. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. I nair them. <laughs> Oh, is it? So I, I actually was steer- – thanks, Matt. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about taking that part out because I think it makes some people uncomfortable. It, like, I can feel it. Okay. All right. All right. Whatever. I'll do it. Yeah, I know. You've been pitching this idea for a while, Jenny. I'll, I'll, okay. Yeah, I know. You, to- you told me about it. I'll, I'll look it up. Cool. Cool. Everybody clap wildly. Jesse Warren, yay! She brought uh, lemon drinks. If there's one left, you guys are welcome to drink a sober drink that Stephanie was so generous to bring. Pellegrinos for the group. Uh, Eat chicken. Eat that carcass. All right, moving along. On the joke workshop. Uh, Your next comedian is another lovely human being. I'm glad that he's here gracing us with his presence at Mutiny Radio. Listen to his jokes. Write some notes. 
and clap wildly right now for Jonathan Ortiz. What's up, fellas? How's it going? What's up, mutiny? I'm an anchor baby. I'm an anchor baby, first generation. That means Trump hates me. Sorry, President Trump hates me. He wants to kick me out, wants me to build a wall. It's like, I don't know how to build. My ancestors built walls. My, my ancestors built pyramids, okay? I can't build a relationship with the redhead at work. It's, like, thanks to dad, I could build emotional walls. That might come in handy. You guys are awesome. Feel good about yourselves. Mexico, <clears throat> test, Mexico, Mexico. Uh, Mexico's got the best human rights and civil liberties, you guys, for the low, low price of 200 pesos. Just, yeah. Uh, there in Mexico, you could buy politicians at the flea market. You know, it's just like, I'll take an horchata, um, a college degree, and a mayor. You got all your shots? Get, get in the fucking cart. Yeah, God, I'm so funny. I love it. <laughs> I'm so awesome. I got pulled over by Federale. This is a true story. I got pulled over, and uh, the department's on a budget in Mexico. Like, the siren was just the, him hanging out the window like, woo, woo, woo. And when I first got there, I wasn't a real Mexican. Like, I was as Mexican as Taco Bell. You know what I mean? Like, and they, this is a PSA for, I guess, white people. Let's be honest. If you ever find yourself getting pulled over, they always say the same thing. They say, we got to tow your car, right? You got to spend the night in jail because the judge doesn't get back till Monday. <laughs> and I was like, but it is Monday. Uh, he's like, don't argue. Look, I'll do you a favor. Pay me the fine. This is code. This is bribery code. Pay me the fine, and I'll take care of it for you. you know, just dame la multa. That's, that's, that's the code in Spanish. Dame la multa. I'm so bailing on this. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> Come back next week. It's going to be awesome. Uh, folks, uh, I don't know. You fuck that door. Why? Um, I, all the corruption in the world, how the state of things really bums me out. Because, like, I want to believe humanity can evolve into, like, just spiritual evolve to, like, a single loving organism, you know? I mean, I also want to believe my girlfriend's not sucking a dick right now. But <laughs> she, uh, she, she, <laughs> she, I think she is. She told me she, told me she could taste uh, uh, pineapple in, in jizz. Like, that's a thing, right? I, I guess it's a thing. I said, I don't think so, babe. She's like, no, no, no. I could also taste when you eat kale. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on. Wow. To get a palate that sharp, like, you have to taste many varieties to get a palate that sharp. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an okay premise. It'll work on it. Yeah! Um... I don't know. I know I look. I know my face looks like Jim Carrey banged Mark Anthony. <laughs> I'm aware of that. You guys, I know this. Uh, I don't know. I uh, I uh, uh, God, I don't know what joke. I don't know what joke to do. I just want to like end on one. I, this is just a fuck you joke, you guys, because we're all perverts. Uh, uh, I'm becoming just like my dad. You know, I started smoking. I drink too much. 
I'm banging my mom. And it's like, when's it gonna end? Thanks. He's begging his mom. Jonathan Ortiz, stay up there. We have people on the panel, starting with Joey Avery, it looks like. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of good stuff in there. I think some of it, like the first joke about he wants you to build a wall, I can't even build a relationship. That's funny. I wouldn't even say with the redhead at work. I would just keep it like kind of symmetrical and quick like that. Um, and I think that that all you take a few words out of that whole kind of thing and, and maybe don't have to look at your notes. I think that one's pretty good to go um, with the pineapple one. You could <coughs> I mean, I don't know if this is kind of cheap or hacky, but you could basically just say like, you know, she's talking about, oh, yeah, I can taste pineapple. And then you basically say that you've never had it, you know, or you don't you don't eat pineapple, whatever it is. You're allergic to it. Uh, would prove that she's sucking someone else's piece. There you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, bit about the uh, guy hanging out the window going, woo, 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 with uh, Eddie Murphy from Delirious. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, but he was talking about gay, gay cops. Going, eh, he was making like a gay or oh, wee, okay. wee, wee, noise. Cool, but cool. But it's, uh, I don't know, it just made me think of that. No, it's good to know. That's yeah. Thanks, man. <clears throat> yeah, your choice. Also, I don't think the Mexicans are going to get the contract on building the wall that's obviously going to go to the Chinese. Right? <laughs> they've got wall building experience. No, he wants first generation. Well, to, no, to uh, he wants Mexicans. people to die in the wall. Only Chinese will do that. Mexicans <laughs> won't die in the wall. That's true. And like uh, that. Chinese, they died. The whole railroad thing, man, they just, they'd blast like through, they'd blast through mountains. They'd be like, oh, we just lost a bunch of, in fact, this is a crazy thing that happens. This has nothing to do with your set, but they did this to Chinese people when they were making the trains is when they were going through like big tunnels and stuff and they didn't have enough money to pay them. They would just blow it up. So they'd all die inside of it. So they wouldn't have to pay them. So they would do all the work. Classic and then, comedy. Right, classic Americans, you know, white guys yeah. being dicks. And so that's, uh, they would, instead of paying them, they just blow them up in the mind and go, oops, what an accident. How terrible. Yay, 1850s. Sorry, back to Jonathan Ortiz's joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the thing about um, the, uh, the, the, the cops taking bribes, yeah. uh, I don't like have like a specific setup for this, but like, there, you know, have you heard about the, um, the civil forfeiture thing that we have here? It's like cops, if, you're, if they pull you over and they, they can ask you, you know, are you carrying any cash on you and, you and you say yes, they're legally allowed to take it. What? Yeah, no, it's true. I, I don't know what the limit is, but it's still ridiculous that they can even do that. But I just think that there's like a, some kind of parallel yeah. uh, line it's to be drawn. It, it, like, like right, like so maybe just you know the Mexican cops they're just totally upfront about how they're bilking you. They didn't make a law to try and um, uh, legitimize it. Right, right. Yeah. Did they give it back to you? Uh, no, they don't have to. Because the same thing is, can't they take your car? Like, if you're at a stoplight and a policeman runs up and he's like, I need your car! They're, they're allowed to, like, take a lot, like, not just money. They can they can just, like, take uh, property, too. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. What's the terminology? Uh, civil forfeiture. Yeah, there's, there's a John Oliver bit about it, or episode from his HBO show. Yeah, it's, that's a really good. That's the best resource, probably. Cool, thanks, you guys. One second, Johnny. One more thing. I think you gotta you gotta find which joke you expect the laugh to come on, which word you expect the laugh to come on, and move it closer to the end. Okay. That's like you you'll say something and we'll all get it, but then you'll kind of keep on talking and <laughs> oh. take the thunder out of your joke. Okay. 
Choose, so yeah, choose your word to punctuate. Yeah, I'll listen Says to it. Says the FBI agent, Yuri Mikulevsky, as he comes up to the mic. <laughs> He's a fucking narc today. He's a chicken narc. Thanks, Yay, Jonathan Ortiz! Jonathan Ortiz, yeah! All right, your next comedian. Uh, very funny lady. She's been having amazing sets here at uh, all of our shows. Clubhouse, happy hour, the whole deal. Put your hands together right now. It's Mary Goss. I'm so nice. You bled for us. We're doing great things here at Mutiny Radio. Um, 